conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Merjani Rawls. Today we are talking about the 2019 Black Christmas, which it's a movie, and we are going to talk about why it's not as good as the original from the 70s. There have been three of them. So Merjani, have you seen all three or have you only seen a couple of them? No, I've seen all three. Okay, I have not seen the 2006 one, so that one is missing from my repertoire here of horror movies, and you and I kind of joked back and forth about going to see Black Christmas when it came out in theaters in December, and for whatever reason, I didn't make it to the theater for it, and it was one of those things where I think just because of the time of the year, Christmas, having things, other things to do, I just didn't make it out to the movies as much. Also, snow in Colorado is a thing, and sometimes I just didn't go to the movies. And then I kind of forgot about it until we started discussing what you wanted to talk about for the next episode you were going to guest on. Yeah, I uh, I had it on the radar, and then the holidays happened. Yeah. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And in watching this movie... Uh, I can see why I did. <laughs> like, I mean, it was it was a movie where because if you know me, I'm a super duper horror fan. I like see every single movie, um, even the bad like Netflix ones I've I've watched. But I think this came out on December thirteenth of last year, and I said to myself, you know what, I'm gonna go see it kind of dig the original Black Christmas. The 2006 one is okay. Like, it's all right by, like, remake standards. I was like, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it. And then that Friday came, and then I found something else to do. And then the weekend happened, and then that weekend turned into another weekend. <laughs> and then that turned into the holidays. And then it went to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And then all of a sudden, this movie's out of theater. So I was just like, all right, let me wait until... It comes out on VOD or DVD, and then I'll see it then. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with me. It came out the day before my birthday, and I was like, nah, we're not going to do this over the birthday weekend. And it wasn't even that I had a ton to do for my birthday because it was just more laid back, you know, go out to dinner kind of thing. And I totally forgot about it because it was probably only in theaters for a few weeks. It seems like... In Colorado Springs at the theater that I was going to pre-COVID, the smaller movies wouldn't last very long. And this is a movie that only had a budget of $5 million. It made 18 and a half, I believe. So it did at least make its money back. But it was one of those things where I was just like, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, okay, maybe this will be good. But I had watched the original Black Christmas in October, I want to say. So I had recently seen the original and I kind of didn't want that to be ruined for me so soon after watching it. And I totally forgot about it. But I think of the three, this one might also have the least memorable 
cast or not necessarily memorable, but it's just they seem more unknown than the other two movies, given the time periods that those came out in. Because for me, I was only familiar with maybe one person. And I think it was Carrie Elwes, who has been in Stranger Things and a bunch of other things that I've happened to see him in. So then when you have a cast of Imogen Poots, I want to say, I'm not totally sure I'm pronouncing (laughs) that right. And then all of these other women who haven't been in a lot, at least not a lot that I would recognize them from. You're kind of like, okay, so who's the character we're going to be invested in? It's obviously supposed to be Riley, played by Imogen, and you get this sense that this isn't going to be just another remake. Instead, they have more B-plots with all of the characters. You have, you know, Chris, Marty, Jesse, Landon, Nate, Helena. There's a lot of characters in this considering the original it was literally just focused on sort of the one location but this takes you to different locations and adds more characters it adds like this black magic element and it just added so much but overall what did you think of the cast just to sidetrack a little bit like you gotta think around that time in the box office there were movies like knives out frozen Two, jumanji the next level and like Richard Jewell, yeah, I think was out during that time. So like it was a full house in that big movies with big names. Yeah, so it was already like a full house. I thought, okay, so Sophia Takai, so she directed a um, there's the the Hulu thing, Into the Dark, uh, okay. that she directed a horror movie called New Year, New You, which I thought was actually like really good. Like, I thought because it took on kind of like the social media culture and like influencer stuff. And it was really interesting how she directed it. And when I heard that she was directing like the remake of Black Christmas, I was interested. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like Imogen Poots, I've seen her in other films. Green Room, I think, is the one I've seen her in. Yeah, she's she's in Green Room. I'm trying to think of some other. Like, she's also in... Uh, Vivarium too, uh, and the art of self defense and movies like that. So, like, I think she's a good actress. Of course, yeah, like you said, like most of the cast is unknown, which is okay with me because, like, with horror films, that tends to kind of be the things with Final Girls. Like, you have like the one yeah known person, and then like the other supporter supporting cast is just like up and coming actresses. There are a lot of problems with this movie, particularly at the start of the film and you could tell that there was a very short time for them to shoot it Mm -hmm. because when Lindsay, because what happens with like Lindsay and the initial first kill, there are so many false like reveals and false scares. I think I counted about three or four of them. And in horror, you want to limit those because in the initial thing, like, you want to do at least one or two to kind of get the audience, you know, like on edge a little bit and then do the kill. There were about four of these. Like there was like uh, four scares and then she goes to a house and then like the black hooded figure is there and then you get the kill and you're like, oh, all right, cool. This is how we're going to enter the movie. That is kind of, and 
all the cuts and all how the shots are framed, it's just the problem from the start. Oh, yeah, that opening kill. I was like, they're kind of trying to Friday the 13th it, but they couldn't get that first person perspective because you could like still see the killer's arm in most of the shot, even though it was supposed to just be like their point of view. <laughs> and yeah. it was not great. I noticed that, too. And and it happens again yeah. uh, late in the movie, too. Uh, I think not to jump ahead, but like uh, I think one of the characters is trying to sneak around when uh the hooded figures are in the house right and it's supposed to be revealed that he's behind them but the frame is so wide that you see his leg or something behind her <laughs> so it's like oh he's already you know what i mean and then he just jumps down and then it just cuts frame so like it starts off shaky from a production standpoint and that kind of careens the movie now that I noticed those things more too, I'm just like, oh, I understand what you were trying to do, what kind of horror feel you were going for with this, but it just didn't work. And you mentioned a lot of the scares and there wasn't a single point in time where this movie actually startled me even because you could tell. You could see them all come. Yeah, you could see them all coming a, a mile away. Like if yeah. you've watched any horror movie, any slasher film, you could tell the when the sound drops out and then like somebody's sneaking around. OK, somebody's going to come around like you know what I mean. Or there's like, again, to kind of go back to camera framing in the beginning of the film. I'm well in the middle of the film when one of the characters is looking for her cat. There is a blatant ripoff of the Exorcist three shot where like uh there's the nurse and then it pulls back and then all of a sudden she's coming back with the shears and like you see the head cut off from the statue. The same thing happens here, but it, it's not effective because the camera is so high. It's like, oh, OK, well, like it's only a matter of time before she gets ambushed. Yeah. So the production definitely shaky from the start. I think the story tried to do too much. I understand why. All of that was added in with the rape and then just having these guys taunt them and it was multiple people and then they threw in the black magic element and it was almost too much. Like if they had stuck with the rape storyline between Riley and her ex-boyfriend... I think it would have been more powerful if they hadn't added in all of the magic elements to it. Just going back to that and that whole point, there's a part at the end of the film where they do the reveal and Riley is talking to Professor Gelson and he's talking about the black goo. And you, I mean, you know that Riley is a victim of rape. You know what I mean? So like, that's her journey of her trying to get her power back. I understand that. But Professor Gelson is talking to her about, like, you know, men not being uh, tired of being falsely accused. And I'm like, she she's a rape victim. So why are you, like, saying stuff like this? Like, saying, like, oh, well, like, it's time for men to, like, finally get their places in the world and the fact that, you know, 
They need those sandwiches, MJ. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like false accusations. And I'm like, this isn't a false accusation. This actually happened to Riley. Yeah. So like, what is you know what I mean? Like, I know Sophia Takai when she said that she really wanted to make this accessible to females and horror. That's why it's PG-13, and she wanted to tackle major issues like sexual sexual assault. We've talked about uh, like over on Pet Cemetery, like we talked about Rage Carry too, where I think that it was really well done how they tackled those issues. Like you know what I mean? Like they uh, of like not frat, they were in high school, but like basically like boy culture, how the, you know like it's it degrades women and like it showed it really well. Here it's really there are scenes where it's like. A male character will break out and says, like, well, what do you expect? Yeah. Guys just can't sit here and take it. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, guys, it's only a matter of time before guys to get fed up. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Nobody talks like this. Maybe the worst of the worst talk like that. But for the most part, it's not going to be, like, every college dude. Yeah. It's just with horror, I, I really like when they do social commentary. Like, it's like the reason why I love movies like Hereditary and Midsommar so much. You know, Hereditary takes on, you know, mental illness and family dynamics. Midsommar takes on uh, relationships and gaslighting and unable to let go. Here, it's just, there's a way that it could have been done to be more effective. It's so avert here. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it's just that, like, it takes away from the message and what they could have done with Riley. Like, I think Riley's character is the good thing out of, if I have to say there was a good thing in the movie, she's the best thing out of the movie. There's a lesson to be learned, but it just doesn't get it over the finish line. It's just concerned with making the statement. I was also very confused as to whether or not it was that black, goop coming out of the bus that was making all of those guys think that way or if they already thought that way and it just amplified everything they were already thinking because you see them take Landon who is the good guy that Riley meets in the coffee shop and he finally works up the nerve to talk to her and he is able to fight back against it he looks like he's going to just become one of them but he is able to break free a little more easily than the other men after the bust is broken up. And it was just kind of shoehorned in there, the magic part that is. And it made it very unclear as to, okay, so is that completely what was making these guys think and act this way? Because the professor was always kind of off from the beginning and then it seemed like it wasn't until after the bus got moved from public display that this started happening. But then the rape was before that happened, from what we can tell. And it just, the magic part made it confusing as to what exactly was going on in the the minds of these men before the bus got moved. I think with the bust and what you just touched on with Landon's character and how he was able to fight it off, they were able to, Riley was able to destroy the bust. And it seems like with the guys, like the spell was off. Like it, it like they, they, they like came to, 
but they decided to kill them anyway. So I'm like, all right, like Landon throughout the movie is is good hearted. He he really genuinely wants to help. But wouldn't the lesson kind of be in the movie where like everybody, if they're under a spell, and you, I, I guess if you realize that and you kill them anyway, like it's like, all right, what's the lesson here? Like, I mean, like maybe you could do something where like they survived and they're like, oh, sh-, like you know what I mean? Like this is wrong. Maybe we need to self-correct ourselves, like men and how they view women and how they view like sexual assault and everything like that. But no, they died. So it's like, I agree with you there. Kind of like the whole black liquid thing was kind of shoehorned and it to being more of a horror aspect other than like, kind of like the stalking and killing. But I would argue like most of the movie, it doesn't really even have an hour like, an overt horror aspect that Black Christmas had until more so the second and third acts. Mm -hmm. It's like the horror here is what Riley's going through. Riley is trying to like come to terms with this traumatizing thing that's happened to her. And like her friends like Chris and Mark, they're trying to get her out of it. Like, you know, like you have to like, like stand up for yourself. And that's why the, you know, the performance is really big for her. She gets to confront basically like what happened to her and put it out to the world and i would say that you know like sexual assault is really the horror here i don't know if it's yeah and i think that everything else like the slasher aspect really takes a back seat and it's not that i don't think they shouldn't have included that storyline i just think that it was one of those things where they tried to make it so much bigger than the original because they're going through and they're going to multiple sororities. It's not isolated to just the one that Riley and her sisters are in. It's this bigger thing that expands beyond just what that one sorority is doing. And with the original, I really like the element of the stranger in the house. But because all of these girls knew all of these guys it had a different element to it that I think just needed a little more work in order for the bigger picture to come across better. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah, like you said, that's the issue with kind of like broadening the uh, the character space. Like a lot of them come become collateral damage. You know, at this at there is a point in the movie where. Like going back to where you're saying, like with the with the black glue goo and everything, like there's a point where Riley and Chris are in the car, right? And they're driving and they're, and they're driving away to like to get help. There's this whole explanation of exposition of what's happening. It happens in that car in that five minute scene, and I'm like, wow, like you know what I mean? Like it just told us everything that happened, and like that's a lot of exposition to fit into one tiny space it's like oh this is happening and then like she you know riley realizes wait a minute black goo from what i saw uh you know i mean like they're dabbling there's black magic here and that's real that's like responsible for the guys going crazy and like okay you know what i mean like that's we kind of knew something was wrong but at the same time it's like wow like you guys just kind of explained it of going into like starting the third act and it's just yeah because i don't think we saw that scene initially where she 
peeks into that sort of dungeony room, they give us that when she's in the car with Chris and you're like, why didn't you just show us that earlier? So then you let the audience piece it together instead of having to tell the audience. Yeah, like when you're getting a weird text and then your friends are saying, hey, you know what? I got those too. If you thought something was up, how come you didn't mention that before? <laughs> like, you, you, you know, two of your, like, oh, well, more of your friends have died and you're getting attacked and you, like, maybe you could have said something before. It's just, you know, like, it's story and plot wise, like, there are a lot of holes that happen. Yeah, they needed to do a lot of filling in by the third act. And even then you're like, okay, so we're just going to get this massive fight scene and be done with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like an Avengers-esque fight scene where like the sorority comes together and like they all like take on the guys, which is cool. Like, you know, like fine. But like, it's just getting there that like, ah, like I wish like it was a little bit more together. Yeah, I honestly think I was a little generous with my rating because I wanted to like this and I thought there was a lot of good stuff there, but I think the execution was just off. And I know you and I don't like just bashing on something, so this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode here, but I gave it a two out of five because I thought the performances were good, even though, like you said, a lot of horror movies have a lot of unknown actors in them. I think this is one that got enough attention to where some of these women are going to get more roles in the future, whether it's in horror or not, that remains to be seen. But I think there was enough that they showed us in order for us to be like, oh, okay, they're going to go on and do bigger things, you know, much in the same way that Jamie Lee Curtis did, even though she keeps returning to the Halloween movies here and there, which is fantastic but she's gone on and done much much bigger things and not everyone in a horror movie is going to turn out to be jamie lee curtis but the fact that it's not just one final girl in this i think was one of those things where you're like okay yes you didn't kill off all but one <laughs> i will probably go around the same rating i was just upset because sophia takai had taken on themes like this and into the dark. Now I know that's shot a little different on a different, you know, time scale. Yeah. But she did it so well. And I'm like, all right, well, Black Christmas, like there are some good themes here. Like, you know what I mean? Like the whole like tackling like fraternity culture and sexual assault and what it does to you. Basically, like it's a something that you just can't shake. You know what I mean? It's something yeah. that like sticks with you and you have to somehow reclaim your power and that's what riley is doing but this film scene and it's rightfully angry but this film scene so rushed like from some of the cuts that happen some of how like the plot is explained it's, it's not exactly like i can forgive to an extent where plots aren't like neat mm -hmm. but it's like all over the place uh you know what i mean like it has good intentions, but it just didn't do it for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's what, where a lot of horror movies, uh, especially remakes, they find a pitfall. It just, it's hard to do. Like, and I don't know if people really consider like the original Black Christmas, like a classic horror movie, but it's different. Like when you have one that kind of sets the standard for itself, it's hard to do it. <laughs> 
uh, in a way in a remake that is recent that is just not as tight. Yeah, I think the scope being more narrow in the original is why it works so well, because then all of a sudden we're seeing this other sorority house get attacked and you're like, wait, okay, hold on. (laughs) Give me a second to figure this out. This is a huge phenomenon. I didn't even know. I thought it was just, you know, that sorority house, but it's such a bigger thing. Like, it's just like, oh, we get reveals of, like you said, like her, like, going into the fraternity and seeing the black goo and, and, you know, like the secret society. And it's like, Oh, all right. (laughs) Like this is a bigger story than like, it's different than like, if you're doing say, okay, I'll bring up like 10 Cloverfield lane, you know, there's a bigger uh, universe out there, but it's a contained story and it's mostly contained for basically most of all the movie. And then, you know, once it ends, then it reveals like, oh, this is happening all over. And you're like, oh, wow. Like this is op- this opens up so many possibilities. But it's in this Black Christmas movie. It just feels like it's tacked on. It's like, oh, this is happening to every sorority. By the way, like there's these rituals that are happening that are taking over the men in this fraternity and the. uh the professor who's a dick yeah and <laughs> in, in the beginning like you know he's like oh well you know i have to teach things for women and blah 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 like he's behind it so like yeah it's one of those where i was kind of like okay only one group of guys in one frat house are managing to do this to several sorority houses during winter break when there's only supposed to be a handful of people maybe from each house there. It's like the guys just didn't leave for some reason. They were all not going home for the holiday. And I was just like, okay, well, whatever. I'll let that slide. But I do want to give it a little credit because I think one of the better scenes in the movie was the talent show when the girls go up there to perform their song and Riley completely freezes up and you just get to see her working through this tension. She sees the ex-boyfriend or even if he wasn't a boyfriend, they don't really make that clear either. It seems like he was an (laughs) ex-boyfriend, but you're never really sure. And she sees him and it kind of keeps going back and forth between her and people in the audience. And then she finally snaps out of it enough to get the song done and in the end it doesn't make her feel better but that one scene just sort of told you everything you needed to know about the character i like that scene i also like the little scene where like she's talking to the cop oh yeah like dude my my friend is missing and i'm getting these weird texts and the cop's like ah they could have been you know like they're on break she could have left and things like that and it goes along with a lot of sexual assault and why people why like people don't report it because like they're not really believed and i thought that was a very accurate scene to what happens like it's just like you know he's just being so dismissive of her and she's like no like my friend is i haven't heard from her like can you help like yeah and then they go and she's like you know i guess the sorority house is locked or something like that. And she's like, he's like, oh, well, well, you know, I'm sure you'll hear from her soon. You know, like it's, I'm like, okay, that's effective because that happens, unfortunately. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
unfortunately with rape cases it seems to you have to say like believe victims because they're often uh saying like well what did you do to cause this like which is a terrible thing to say right if the movie was more together scenes like what you said like the talent show and that scene would have been and impacted more instead of us kind of focusing on the problems yeah i think so too and i don't know if i necessarily even want another black christmas movie but i think we got three, you know? Yeah. This one tried to do something that the original definitely didn't do by any means. It was more, like I said before, a stranger in the house type of situation, which I think makes it a little more terrifying when you don't know who you're up against. Because as mm-hmm. soon as they found out it was frat boys, they were like, okay, now we have sort of this plan of counterattack, if you will. And they kind of knew how these guys thought already, whereas with a stranger in the house, you don't know anything about them. So it's a very different feeling that the first one gives you, and I kind of just wish we had more of that intensity in this one because the scares just weren't there for me. It's like I could just tell when they were coming. I was like, oh, here we go. Okay, yep, she's dead. All right, on to the next. She's dead. Okay. Oh, they killed the other boyfriend. All right. Yeah, I think the allure with the original, like the 1974 one, is that, like, one, it's one of the first slasher films. Uh, And two, like, you don't know who the villain is. It could be anybody. Yeah. You know, like, that's that in itself is scary. It's like, who is who's doing these killings? You know what I mean? Like, it could be, you know, like a friend or like it could be. uh, And it doesn't really. you know, it doesn't reveal that at the end of the movie. You just don't know. Here, it's like, from start of the movie, hooded figures. You know, like, and then as the movie goes on, it's like multiple hooded figures. Like, and I look at it, the scary, like I said, like the scariest thing to me in the movies about like the uh, effects of sexual, sexual assault. Like, that's the villain to me. Like, the whole, like, evil frat with black goo i'm like all right that's kind of it's kind of cheesy you know what i mean like yeah but the underthrows of kind of like masculinity like were like t- over uh ultra masculinity and the fact that like where it kind of like pushes women down to be small that's to me that that's the real villain i just wish that was kind of you know like more written more tight in the script yeah i think the only thing that really surprised me was when riley finds helena and then helena just turns on her and you're like oh okay that was (laughs) sort of unexpected and it was really the only thing that was unexpected but because it wasn't scary you're just rolling with it you're like okay all right we're just going to go with this because clearly then you know the magic stuff is going to come into play and yeah it was a disappointing movie for sure, but do you have any final quick thoughts on it? There was an after credit scene. I doubt that we... Uh, I don't even know if I saw that. <laughs> yeah, there was like, uh, I think the cat looks up uh, some of the black goo. Oh, that's fun. I doubt that we ever... I, I doubt that we're going to see... Um, <laughs> I, we're we're going to see a sequel to this, even though like black it did make more Christmas. of its budget. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, it's like, are the cats gonna, like, attack everybody? I don't know. Like I said, like, we're not gonna see a another remake, I don't think. I don't think that we're gonna see, like, a sequel to this. Yeah, there's some movies that just, you know, shouldn't get remade. You know, like, it, they just uh, stand the test of time, you know? Yeah, and because I had watched the original less than a year ago at this point... It was one that definitely still stood up, and it's always a bummer when Blumhouse takes a swing and they miss, because it does happen for them every once in a while, but I love what Blumhouse is doing, and I want them to keep doing what they're doing with horror movies. They've given us a lot of great stuff over the last several years, or a few years, however many years it's been, and... They did it so well with Invisible Man. Yeah. It just just happened so well. Like, they did the exact same thing that we're talking about. Like, you, you see a movie like this, and then you watch in The Invisible Man and, like, how, you know, issues like this are tackled. And you're like, oh, man, like, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, I definitely plan to watch the 2006 one just so I have them all under my belt. But, Marjani, thank you again for coming on to talk about the 2019 Black Christmas, which is... I'm going to venture to say the worst of the three. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know because it's a toss up. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's a toss up because a lot of people don't like the 2006 one. Okay. And the 2006 one like undergo extensive like rewrites and reshoots which really hurt the movie. So it really depends on what your taste is. Good to know. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Yep. Thank you for having me on. I'm sure I'll be back on again. Always. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. If you feel inclined, please do give us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. It really does help the show. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.